This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. This is our greatest hour. You know, some people look and say, oh man, what are we going to do? Everything seems like everything's unraveling. Everything is going down the drain and everything. Listen, this is our finest hour. This is when God's going to shine. This is when the church is going to be glorified. Amen? If we don't cower in our cave. You know, Israel was cowering in the cave till David came along. Got any Davids in here? <laughs> Amen? You know, David woke up the church. I mean, he woke up the Israelites. (laughs) Amen? And God needs those kind of people in this hour. He needs the Elishas, the Elijahs. He needs the Deborahs. He needs those, the Esthers. He needs those that will wake up the potential of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That will stir the hearts of our brothers and sisters so that we're not cowering in the cave We're releasing the power of God in our nation. The healing power of the church. Well, that's not my message, but that's all right, isn't it? That's a (laughs) warm-up. Turn over to Ephesians. We've got to start somewhere. Remember years ago, Brother Copeland said, we've got to start somewhere. He said, this is a good spot. So we're going to start over here at Ephesians. You know, just about anywhere you open up is a good spot. (laughs) Amen. You know, I want to talk about the role of the church. You know, now, as I I was saying in that exhortation there, now more than ever, the church, the world needs the church to step up to the plate. Amen. Amen. We know this, you know, we're here in the South. We're we're all sports people of of one flavor or another. But, you know, we all know this in in big games, and we can all remember our favorite team and and, and really important in big games when a, a certain individual, it might be a quarterback, it might be a, you know, a defensive lineman, it might be you know, what, a running back, whatever, but somebody would just step up in a moment. And you could go back and say, you know what? When, when they did that, when he did that, you know, when he made that catch or whatever it was, you know, that changed the whole game right there. And you know, that is the same thing the world is looking at for the church. You know, everybody's looking, you know, uh, you know, I mean, you know, it doesn't take a genius to see the problems, does it? I mean, we can see the problems. And that's, that's part of it. But, you know, that's not, the, that's not the solution. If we only dwell on the problem, we still are no closer, are we? And so it's time for the church to step up and, you know, and for the world to say, you know what? It was when the church did. It was when the people of God prayed. It was when the people of God showed us the way. It's when the people of God stood up and said, this far and no further. Amen? But what is the role of the church right now? Are we going to be irrelevant? You know, let's don't let the world put us into a, try to put us into a place where it says we're irrelevant. We're the most relevant thing that's going on in the church. And I don't say that with pride. I say that because God is with us. I say that by, because my faith is in the Most High God. My faith is in His Word. It's in the blood of the Lamb. Amen. So, you know, we see, you know, all this junk. It is Satan who is vomiting, vomiting all this junk on our nation. 
from the COVID to the racism to the hate to the violence to the anger to the, all that stuff, you know. It's, you know, all of that is man's reaction, you know, uh, without God trying to, you know, react to the problems. And how do we solve it? And while we can, from a natural point of view and a human point of view, we can understand that, we also understand this, that the problem goes deeper. And here in Ephesians 6, God's Word gives us the insight. In verse 12, we won't read all this, verse 12, we've referred to this several times in this series. Paul says, our struggle, we do have a struggle. Amen. We're not on vacation. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's who we are fighting. We, there's an enemy beyond the seen enemy. And he is the one who is perpetrating the racism, the hate, the unbridled anger, all of this stuff that's going on, the COVID-19 the, 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 the havoc that's coming on the economies around the world, all of this. Listen, the devil is the agent of chaos. God's not the author of confusion. But listen, God's going to work this thing out. I'm telling you, man, next month have I got a message. Man, I'm going to talk about pushing the reset button. Jubilee. Jubilee's coming. I said, Jubilee's coming. Jubilee's coming not only for the church, it's coming for this nation. There's a Jubilee reset coming. Amen? Well, let me get back to this one. Finish this one before we get to that one, huh? So what's our response going to be? He said, then he goes on, you know, he says, put on the full armor of God. And we've talked about that. And that's so important that we have on our armor. Because, church, if we don't have on the armor of God, we're going to succumb to the, to the same perspective that the, those that are lost and out in the world have. We're going to find ourselves warring against flesh and blood. We're going to find ourselves getting polarized by the politics of the, of the moment rather than having the grace and the, and the wisdom and the truth of God and the power of God flowing from the church. So what's our response to be? A few things I want to suggest here. There, there could be many others I'm sure that you, will, you know of and you will think. The first one, though, I think it begins with the people of God. The healing of this nation begins with, it begins with the church and proceeds out from there. We need to model in the church. We need to be living and modeling what we want to see our nation to become. Are you listening? Amen. We need to rid ourselves of some things. Now, turn over to, you're right there in Ephesians. Turn back a page or two to Ephesians 4. Now, Paul is writing here. How I many you know, you know, the Bible was written to the church. Amen? Now, the world can get in on the gospel message of repentance toward God and faith and be saved, and then it's all theirs. But Paul wrote the epistles to the church. So when he's writing here, he's writing to spirit-filled, tongue-talking Christians. Miracle-believing Christians. Just want you to know that. He's not talking to the, the world. In Ephesians 4, uh, verse 31, we're going to pick it up there. He said, speaking to the church, get rid of all bitterness, rage, 
and anger. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Brawling. Holy cow. These folks were brawling. Sure I'm glad we ain't had to break up no fights here. Appreciate that, brothers and sisters. And slander, along with every form of malice. You know, malice gets in us when we don't have forgiveness in our heart. We begin to hold a grudge. We begin to, we begin to you know, bitterness gets a hold of us. We feel like we're the victims instead of the victors. <laughs> Be kind. Now, he's talking to the church. And compassionate to one another. Listen, the world don't know how to be kind and compassionate. It's going to take us, the church, showing them how to be that way. I mean, you know, black and white, we need to be what? If we're in the Lord, I'm telling you what, we're one spirit. I mean, there's only one race, the human race. And we all need Jesus. And without Him, we're all a mess. And with Him, we still need help. His help. Amen. <laughs> Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So the first thing is, we need to model it. We need to show the love and forgiveness and forbearance to one another in the church. Amen? We can show the world. You know what? You know, the races can get along. We can get along. Uh, men can get along with women. Women can get along with men. Uh, blacks can get along with white. Whites can get along with blacks. And, and it doesn't matter because what? Because the love of God is in our heart. And I don't walk like a white man anymore. I walk like a God man. I walk like a Christ man with the love of God in my heart. Jesus said this, you know, and, and this is why I say it starts with the church. You remember over there in Matthew 7. We won't, uh, I'll just refer to it. I won't turn over there. But Matthew 7, and about the first seven verses, in the crux of that, Jesus says, before you try to get the speck out of your brother's eye, he said, you might need to get something out of your own, a plank. <laughs> so before we're going to try to cure and tell the world, this is how you, what you need to do, and this is how you need to do it, we better get our act together. We might want to look at ourselves and see, do we need to forgive somebody? And, you know, it might not be a black brother or sister or a white brother or sister. It might be somebody in our own household. But we need to get the plank or the speck or whatever it is out of our high first and our heart issues dealt with or we cannot heal the world. Because they're going to call us on it, and rightly so. See, be kind, compassionate, forgiving one another. Paul said over there to the Thessalonians, he says, strive to do what is good. Now, he's talking to Christians. Listen, sometimes, listen, your flesh. Oh, Y'all looking so holy out there. <laughs> I go over here and preach this bunch. Sometimes our flesh. <laughs> How many of you know your flesh ain't saved? Yes, sir, honey, it's not. And your flesh... Sometimes it wants to 
Give them a piece of your mind. It does. It wants to rear up. It wants to, say, it wants to defend itself. Come on. So Paul says, strive to do what is good. And I believe by the help of the Holy Spirit. And this is why we've got to, listen, if your relationship with God is weak, I'm telling you what, this ain't for you. Because you're going to have to have a real strong relationship with the Father right now. You're really going to have to be in touch with the fountain, the source of love and grace and forgiveness and forbearance and kindness and patience. Because if you ain't, honey, you're going to be running on a low tank. And you're going to react just like the world does. Your flesh is going to rise up. Come on. Strive to do. So we need, our response is this, we need to model it. And then our influence. Our influence. Jesus said that we are salt and light. You're right there in Ephesians. Uh, Just turn over a, a couple of books there to Colossians. Paul again writing to the church, spirit-filled believers. <laughs> Amen. He said, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer one another. Salt. Now, salt, uh, there's a number of different applications of, of the word salt symbolically in the Scriptures. It stands for influence. It stands for judgment at times. It stands for pre- uh, preserving. All of these has to do with salt. And you know, when we mix salt in with something, it spices it up. It adds flavor to it. It enhances it, doesn't it? And so he says, he says have the right mixture of grace. Have that right mixture of truth. Let it be seasoned with truth, that salt, but also let it be also uh, have grace involved in it. In other words, if all I do, and we've talked about this, you ever had somebody beat you up with the truth? See, you know, I remember one time, you know, you know how much salt, like salt and sugar looks alike? I remember one time I got them mixed up and put, thinking I was putting sugar in my coffee, and I put salt in it. Woo-wee, didn't nobody have to tell me I'd done something wrong. Holy cow, I had one expectation and got another one. Isn't that right? You know, I mean, because, I mean, you know, I put like, you know, two Two, two spoons of, or you know small spoons of sugar I thought but it was salt well that was too much salt and sometimes we can have too much salt sometimes we can have too little you know we need to speak the truth in love but you know truth here's the thing about God's truth truth not only says okay here's the problem here's what's wrong it also illuminates a pathway to wholeness See, because if, like, I, like I mentioned last week, if you go to your doctor and you're having some symptoms and all he does is tell you what's wrong, but he doesn't tell you, you know, any pathway to healing, what good has he done you? Were you sick? Thank you, doc. I think I knew that. This is what's wrong with you. And then he sends you on your way. No, we want to we wanna have a cure, don't we? And that's the difference in the church. Yes, truth. We want to speak truth, absolutely. We don't pretend like, you know, the elephant's not in the room. Or the tiger. (laughs) All you Auburn fans. Equal time. (laughs) Y'all get that after I explain it. I don't know where they got that phrase where the elephants. 
you know, the obvious thing there, we don't ignore that. But at the same time, we don't just say, you know, it's, it's, it's bad, it's wrong, it's bad, it's wrong. Somewhere along the line, we've got to what? There's got to be a pathway to wholeness. Isn't that what God does? God's Word illuminates. I remember when I heard the gospel, it illuminated the fact that I was a sinner. Oh, boy. It shone the light there. Hey, buddy, you, you I mean, forget measuring up. I didn't, I didn't even register <laughs> on the meter. But, you know, it didn't stop there. He, the truth showed me the way out. And see, as the church, if we're going to be salt and light, we're not only going to, yes, we're going to speak about the truth and about the issues and about the problems, but we need to take the wisdom of God, the grace of God, the love of God, the power of God, and the Word of God, and say, this is the way out. Yes, there's a problem. Yes, there are issues. But this is the way to healing. Because if we don't do that, what good are we doing? Thank you for your enthusiasm. It's true, isn't it? <laughs> also, I said that salt means judgment. But Jesus already told us, and Paul told us, you know, we're not fighting flesh and blood. So who are we executing judgment on? We're executing judgment on the principalities, the powers, and the evil spirits of this age. Thank you. Amen. Ezekiel twenty-two thirty, God says this. He said, I look for a man or a woman who would stand in the gap for the nation. God is looking for someone who will stand in the gap and execute his judgment in the name of Jesus, execute judgment against the God of this world, the spirits that are out to destroy black, white, red, and any other color there is because he, does, he hates man. He hates every man because they're made in the image of God, and, you know, he's out to destroy. And so God is saying, I'm looking for somebody to execute judgment. He said, but the tragic thing was there in, in Ezekiel, he said, but I found none. God wants and desires, and He is going to see this nation delivered. Now, will it be us, or will God have to find someone else? Because He's going to find somebody. God's plan's going to be done. He's, it's gonna, his plan's going to work out. He's going to work it out. Not by Himself. He's going to use His people, but is he, will, it, will we be a part of it, or are we going to be, you know, we're going to be part of the solution or part of the problem? Are we going to execute judgment on flesh and blood? Or are we going to execute judgment, righteous judgment, against those forces that are working uh, through men and deceiving men and causing us to attack one another? Light, of course, light stands for illumination. We know that. And we need, there needs to be light. Light needs to be shown on the issues. But light also needs to show a path forward. And that's the thing we've got, church. So our, our response is to model what we want to see in our nation, in the church. Our influence is to be salt and light. We're going to be salt and light. We're going to execute judgment. And you know, in your prayer time, in your prayer closet, you need to be taking the name of Jesus and the Word of God, and you need to be executing judgment against COVID-19. Amen. Against that spirit of racism and hate. Against the spirit of violence. Amen. 
So that's just, that's just a natural reaction to just fed up. Uh, y'all looking at me so holy, you, you, you got fed up and your flesh has gotten a hold of you. But see, we should know better. Why? Because we have the Spirit of God. Amen. Not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit of God. Thirdly, our responsibility, as I mentioned, is to be part of the solution. Part of the solution. Look over here in Luke 10. We're just, we've looked at this before. I just want to look at one verse to remind us. Luke 10, parable of the Good Samaritan. You know this very well. I want to refer to one. He found the man, you know, who had been wounded, left for, for dead on the road. He says he went to him, bandages his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. You know, this is what God has called us to do. You know, the oil and wine, you know, they're representative of the, the anointing and the healing curative properties of the Holy Spirit. And when he did this, he poured in the oil and the wine. The, the, the oil and the wine, they cleansed the wound. They soothed the pain that this man had, and it promoted healing. And when we, who are the Spirit of God, the Spirit of grace, when that Spirit is released out of our mouth by our words, by our actions, by our prayers, you know what we're doing? We're going to release the oil and the wine to cleanse. Amen. There needs some cleansing that needs to be done in our nation. Some cleansing. There's a lot of wrong injustice going on, and it needs to be cleansed. Amen? And there's a lot of pain in our nation, and it needs to be soothed. And then ultimately, there's healing that has to take place in our nation. There's a healing that has to be, you know, and I believe this with all my heart, that God is ready to push the reset button. Amen? And we're going to see a, a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon our nation. And we're going to see revival. And it's going to bring about healing and wholeness. Amen. It's going to expose the works of darkness for what they are. I didn't say everything's going to be perfect. That ain't going to happen until Jesus comes back. But we can put the enemy to flight. Amen. So we need to do that. You know, in, in wine in the, uh, concerning the Holy Spirit... It refers to joy. Boy, I'm telling you, you know, the enemy is out to steal our joy. He's got everybody huddled in the house. Everybody fearful. Come on. He's doing everything, you know. People, uh, you know, have lost their jobs, economic hardship. I'm telling you, you know, the world is hard for the world to find any joy there. But when the Holy Spirit is moving in our life, when the Holy Spirit is released, we can be like Paul and Silas. I might be in the, I might, on the outside, I might be in the prison house here, but on the inside, I'm rejoicing in the Lord my God. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to praise. I'm going to sing. I'm going to shout until the chains fall off. And you know, the thing about it was with Paul, he didn't just get free. He, everybody else that was a prisoner got free. Woo! I want I want to do some liberating joy here, some liberating worship, Amen. So that not only do we get free, but I'm going to tell you what: 
Some people in our household gets free. Some of our neighbors get free. Come on. <laughs> so our responsibility, we're to be part of the solution. Listen, church, let's, let's bear ourselves and carry ourselves. Like, you know, like Esther and Daniel did. Even, even when, you know, uh, they were living in the midst of a, a pagan society. But you know what? Because of the grace and the wisdom of God on them, the way they carried themselves. I mean, you know, the king thought he was ruling, but they were really ruling. Like Daniel and the three Hebrew children. They, I mean, they thought they were ruling, but it was really Daniel and the, and the Hebrew. It was those people. You know, Pharaoh thought he was in charge till Moses showed up. The God of this world, may, he's the Pharaoh. He may think he's in charge, but I got news for him. A greater than Pharaoh is here. His name is Jesus and the people of God and the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to rise up and we're going to bring some solutions to our nation. <clears throat> so we're talking about our response, what modeling the love life. We're going to do what's right, what's good. Our influence to be salt and light. You don't, have to, you don't have to shy away from the truth, but, you know, take it a step further. People that are talking about the problem, talking about the problem, you say, you know what, that's right, but here's a solution. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. And then we're, to, we're going to be part of the solution. And what is that? That is our message. And our message is what? Reconciliation. Reconciliation. You know, here's, here's the thing, you know, the word reconciliation, part of the root word there means exchange, to exchange. And we know this, Jesus took all of our sin and our shame, all of our anger, all of our hurt, our woundedness, all of that, all of that mess. He took it all on Him. Not just ours, but the whole world. He took it all on Him. Can you imagine what a sewer of sin that was? He took it all on Him. In exchange for that, what? We can partake of all that He is. And you know, there has to be a reconciliation. There is no salvation without reconciliation. And there can be no forgiveness without reconciliation. And see, until forgiveness comes, we're locked in a continual antagonistic relationship. That's why it was with God. Man couldn't come to God. There was a, we were, the Bible says before Christ, we were the enemies of God. We couldn't come to God. But God provided a way of forgiveness so that when we who were the offenders would repent. See, it takes, it takes two parts for reconciliation. Repentance and forgiveness. Got a whole lot of apologizing going on, and that's fine. But, you know, repentance goes deeper than apologizing. Yeah, I went there. You know, so if we repent, then we can receive God's forgiveness and we can be reconciled. And in this nation, if there is repentance, a change of heart, a change of attitude, a repentance, and if forgiveness can go... But here's the thing, I could repent all I wanted to if God wasn't willing to forgive me. There wouldn't be no reconciliation, would there? 
And God could be willing to forgive. And He is willing to forgive. He's ready to forgive the whole world. He's already ready to do it, isn't He? But either they don't, haven't heard that He is ready, or they're not willing to repent so they don't get in on it. It's the same thing in the uh, race relations in our nation. There's got to be some repentance. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Not just apology, repentance. And then there's got to be forgiveness. And both sides, it's going to take some humility to get there. Come on. Well, I ain't got nothing to repent of. That was my ancestors did that. Well, I see over here where it talks about, you know, where they talked about praying. Says, says God, you know, he, he, was, he was over there praying and said, uh, we, we and our fathers have sinned. You know, there has to be genuine repentance. And then on the other side, it's going to take a whole lot of grace to forgive. But listen, church, if that doesn't happen, we're not going anywhere. Because, you, you know, the same old stuff's going to be harbored, whether it's prejudice on one side or hurt and woundedness on the other side. Either way, we're not going to get anywhere. Because he's going to keep that wall, is going to stay in between us. And this is something that, that our nation has got to learn. And it's going to learn it only from one source, and that's God. Because it's only by the grace of God that you can do that. I'm just telling you, it's true, isn't it? Somebody does me wrong, my flesh wants to. Come on over here. But the Spirit of God says, listen, you forgive by remembering how much I've forgiven you. Boy, I, I could never point a finger at anybody. I can point them to the truth, and the truth can convict them, but, isn't, you know, but you know, I can't, as, as a man, I can't point a finger at you because I'm telling you what, I've been forgiven much. Much. Amen. So, uh, I want to look over at Ezekiel. I want to read this one, Ezekiel 36. I know we're referred over there. We're going to close here in just a minute. Y'all getting anything out of this? We're talking about the role of the church as it relates to the healing power of the church. Ezekiel 36. He says, here's the solution. <clears throat> Back at the verse 25, he said, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you, you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Listen, that is the solution. As long as two stony heart people are in opposition to one another, not too much is going to happen that's pleasant. But if God puts His heart in me and His heart in you, then the heart of God, the grace of God, the love of God, the forgiveness of God, the loving kindness of God can rise up in me, can rise up in you. And if I need to repent, I can repent. And if you need to forgive, you can forgive and the wall can be torn down, and we can move forward.
You know, I found this out too. You know, when I fail to repent, I'm like that gerbil on the wheel. You ever seen one of those gerbils in the pet shop on the wheel? Man, he's getting it. I mean, but he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. And see, here's the thing. This, you know, some of the issues that we've seen going on in our nation have been going on for a long time. And, you know, we're at a moment where we can see the church, we can seize the moment, or we can just, you know, let it slide. You know, this is the way it's always been. I'm going to tell you what, it's God getting ready to push the reset button. You know, Peter over there said, you know, he said, the people that say that, you know, that all things have continued the way they always have. He said, they forget about Noah and the world that then was. I mean, the flood came. Eight people, grace, went into the ark, Jesus, lifted up by the water of the Holy Ghost, preserved by the Father. Then when they came out, I'm telling you what, it was a brand new start. It was a brand new start. God's wanting to press a reset button. That's what He's going to take advantage of here. What the, what the devil has meant to divide and destroy, not only this nation, but many nations around the world. God's going to use it to push the reset button with His church if we will wake up. Let me ask you some questions here real quickly. What do we as a church, when we look, at the issues in our nation, because this is where God's got us. But when we look at that, what do we see? You need to ask yourself that question. What do you see? Do you only see, you know, what's obvious? Or do you see beyond that? Can you see beyond? You see into what is behind what is going on? Can you have insight? We can get it from the Word of God. And see who the real enemy is. And the second question comes right, uh, uh, right on the heels of that. Upon whom are you waging warfare? Upon whom are you waging warfare? The Bible says we do not wage warfare against flesh and blood. And then finally, ask yourself this. How can I become and be a part of the solution. What can I do? You know, what can I do? You, you know, each one of us, what can we do in our world, where we're at, our influence, our circle? What can we do? I'm going to tell you what. When you start reacting like Jesus instead of reacting like the world, people are going to notice it. And you're going to have two reactions. There are going to be those that like it and those that don't understand it and will hate it. Oh, yeah, on either side. Amen. Come on. <laughs> Y'all were shouting a minute ago. It's true, though, isn't it, church? And I know you know that. We're talking about the healing power and the role of the church. Now, I know these things are simple, but you know what? They are profound. And Paul, in his day, he faced an oppressive and evil regime in the Roman Empire. They enslaved people. They, they conquered people. I mean, they, you know, 
they were bloodthirsty. I mean, all kind of things. They did, you know, they did some good things too. But you know, th- this was at the heart of who they they were. They were natural people. It was an evil place. And Paul wrote these things in that day, and I'm going to tell you what: if they work in that day, they'll work in this day because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. This word will work. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'll, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for the church, for Passion Church, but for your church in this nation, Lord, that we will be your ambassadors. Lord, I'm not an ambassador of a political party. I'm not an ambassador of anger. I'm not an ambassador of prejudice. I'm an ambassador of the kingdom of God, the God who has made a way for us to be reconciled to Him and to be reconciled to one another. Lord, I pray that the church would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation about us, that we would see beyond the surface, that we would see the the true work of the enemy that is out to destroy mankind made in your image. God, may we have the courage and the strength by the Holy Spirit to rise up and declare we're going to be part of the solution. We're going to be salt and light. We're going to model the love life and the love walk of Jesus. We're going to speak the truth, but we're going to speak it in love. We're going to present an alternative, Lord. There is a solution. That is Jesus Christ in the hearts of men. Men getting a new heart, a heart of flesh, a heart of love, a heart of forgiveness, a heart from you. God, I pray that the church will rise up in this hour, that this will be our greatest hour, O God, that we will rise up by the power of your Spirit, and compassion will drive us to bring healing to our nation. In Jesus' name. If you need prayer right now, maybe you need, maybe you or somebody in your family needs healing, or maybe, uh, uh, you know, a financial provision or something, whatever it might be, if you would, if you just, if you just, if you could, just hold up your hand. I'm going to pray for you, include you in this prayer. See it, see it, see it, see it. Just keep those hands up for a moment. Father, you see the hands that are raised here, Lord, and you know what their need is. Father, where there's healing in their body, Jesus took their sicknesses and bore their diseases, and by His stripes we declare that you are healed, you are free. We break the power of sickness, infirmity, and disease from off your body and off of your family in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name, we declare whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You are free and loose from your sickness and disease in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Healing, strength, and wholeness is your portion in Jesus' name. Father, for those who are needing financial provision, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are able to provide everything that they need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you for supernatural provision. Those that need jobs, Father, I thank you for a supernatural door opening for them. I thank you, Lord, for financial provision in the name of Jesus. We come against lack. Father, we speak to those needs. 
Father, to be swallowed up in your provision. Thank you, Father. We cast every care over on you. Father, every care over on you, the bills that are due, the things that are due, we're going to cast the care of that over on you. And we thank you, Lord, that you will provide. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are the El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. Thank you, Father. We release your supply in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm going to read a scripture to you here real quickly. Then we're going to dismiss you. And, and of course, as we've been doing here, we'll let you give on your way out. I'll tell you about that again in just a moment. This scripture here, listen to this. This, this is for all of us, but especially those we just prayed with, uh, with your finances. Maybe you're going through a difficult time. Listen to what he says. Though the fig tree does not bud... And there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will, rejo- I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. Woo! I think in the Amplified, he says, He is my army. Woo! He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. So you know what? No matter what you may be facing, listen. You who are faithful, you have sown your seed, you've been giving to God. I'm telling you on the authority of God's Word. God who will not lie, who cannot lie. He said you be joyful even when the stall is empty and when it looks like the crops are failing because the Lord your God is your strength your refuge, and your provider. Amen? Man, I can tell you story after story. I've been there. (laughs) I'm sure you have too. I've been there. And I'm telling you what, God is faithful. God will do exactly what He said He would do. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.